If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted um, and, 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 and broadly inclusive um, is extremely important to the future of civilization. Hmm. Extremely important to the future of civilization, <clears throat> says Elon Musk. Um, let's get to why he even made his offer on Twitter yesterday before we start to converse about this. Why make that offer? Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square. Um, so it, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. One of the things that I believe Twitter should do is open source the algorithm um, and make any changes uh, to people's tweets. You know, if they're emphasized or de-emphasized, uh, that action should be made apparent so you can, anyone can see that that action has been taken. So there's, there's no sort of behind-the-scenes um, manipulation, either algorithmically or manually. So, boy, I could go on all day about the manipulation of algorithms, but I won't. Well, he has, uh, I think this is something that, I forget who said it, it might have been Charles Payne, who we're going to play a little of a little bit later, um, uh, that as he gets further down this process of, oh, it was Steve Forbes, from the failed presidential candidate from years ago, <laughs> gazillionaire Steve Forbes, talking about how as uh, Elon gets further down the process of trying to buy Twitter and that sort of thing and starts asking uncomfortable questions in open about how do your algorithms work? Let's all, let's all see those. Um, because the, the belief is by many people on the right that there aren't any freaking algorithms. There's, there's a handful of people at the top of Twitter say, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. I hate her. And they just boot you off. <laughs> and huh, that's, it's not, wow. as, it's not as complicated as a bunch of complex algorithms saving the world from various speech. A lot of people on the left freaked out about this yesterday. Joy Reid's always the best for a freak out. Let's go with, uh, 30 there, Michael. So for so many reasons, being a freeloader, and a selfish and disrespectful one, and for misappropriating black vernacular for misogynistic purposes, 
Elon Musk is the absolute worst. MSNBC, he's a freeloader. You got to be kidding me. He's got 99,000 employees and he's bringing factories back to America. So that's Joy, Joy Reid. Reid is insane. That was Joy Reid when, when Elon got into the Twitter battle with Senator Elizabeth Warren. Remember, it came out that he didn't he paid whatever in taxes and she, he got called a freeloader and the rich need to pay their fair share. Elon tweeted out and made the point, which turned out to be accurate, that he was about to pay the biggest chunk of taxes anybody's ever paid in the history of capitalism, which he did. Um, but anyway, yeah, the whole he's a freeloader thing. So that's part of the attack from the left on Elon Musk is that he's a super rich that doesn't pay his taxes and is a freeloader and he's a racist. Remember, we heard that from some MSNBC host. Tesla is a racist country and that comes from his apartheid background in South Africa. Man, you shouldn't be able to say stuff like that unless you can really back it up. I mean, that is some strong, strong stuff. But that, that, you know, that kind of talk gets thrown around now regularly without, you don't have to back it up. You just get to say it. Just as an aside, MSNBC is becoming increasingly desperate and idiotic. Uh, Rachel Maddow just uh, announced that she's only going to do her show one day a week, and the few ratings they have are uh, quickly disappearing. So, yes, you're going to hear even more incendiary garbage uh, out of MSNBC if you bother to listen at all. So, uh, Elon did get into some of the conversation yesterday about what he, if he runs Twitter, how he's going to change it, what will he allow, what he won't allow. It's not going to be a complete free-for-all. We're going to get into that big at the beginning of Hour 2 because we're going to hearken back to the problems that Facebook had, for instance, when they started trying to weed out some objectionable material. And some material is objectionable by everyone's standards. But then the next chunk is only objectable by most people's standards. And then the next chunk is objectable about half the country. So it gets it gets complicated very quickly, and we'll get into that uh, hour two. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into the internal freakout at Twitter, uh, a couple more comments that Elon Musk made during his TED Talk. Uh, this one is mostly just funny. 26, Michael? I'm... You know, tweeting more or less stream of consciousness, you know, it's not like, let me think about some grand plan about my Twitter or whatever, you know, I'm like, literally you know, on the toilet or something, I'm like, oh, this is funny, and then tweet that out, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that, that's like most of them. So most, <laughs> so. so most of Elon Musk's tweets come to you as he's sitting on the toilet. He has 80 million followers. Right, right. <laughs> I just I think it's funny that so many times he will tweet something and and, and the stories will erupt from every uh, you know journalistic outfit in the country and people will speculate and retweet and tweet back and forth and the rest of it and he was just trying to be funny. Is he because he has a thirteen year old sense of humor? Is he the wackiest richest man in the world ever? You know Howard Hughes at the end was the richest man in the world at a, for a while and he was pretty wacky with his long fingernails and toenails and living in a hotel in Las Vegas and all that, but a different kind of wacky. Oh, yeah. I think we need to more carefully define wacky. I mean, there's wacky and then there's mentally ill. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I thought this was interesting. Uh, we'll just uh, call this person Al Anonymous. Uh, says, keep my name out of this. Of course, Al, no problem. It was a fascinating day to watch people completely lose their shizzle in the internal <laughs> Twitter Slack channels. Um, and if you don't know Slack, that's like an internal communication system for within a company. Oh, and by the yeah. way, if you if you live in other parts of the country, you might not realize this because if you live in the Bay Area, 
uh, or have spent time around the Bay Area like we have, all of these companies we're talking about are like a stone's throw from each other. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. amazing how all of these different things, Google and Apple and Steve Jobs' boyhood home and where Teslas are made and, uh, and the giant Facebook sign that people get their pictures taken next to, they're all within like right there. It's, it's really wild. Uh, these people run into each other at coffee shops every single day. But anyway, back to your uh, mm-hmm. Twitter freakout. Yeah, indeed. So uh, anyway, this is the internal Slack channel at Twitter. A couple of takeaways from those who are vocal. And we're not just talking about 10 people. This was a lot of people, writes our insider. Uh, number one, they, those who hate Elon, are woke, don't see how their moderation of tweets and accounts is biased. They honestly think they're doing the right thing. The sincere believer, I the don't, true believer. I don't doubt that. Uh, two, they fully believe it's transphobic I to hope, not want... Back, back yes. to that one, though. I, yeah. Maybe I was when I was younger, and a lot of these people are probably pretty young. I'm guessing a lot of these people are in their 20s. Is that? Do you think that's accurate? Oh, yeah, safe to say, or certainly the arrested adolescent 30-something of the 21st century. God, I'm even thinking by my late 20s, I'm pretty sure, I th- th- that I would have thought, I don't always know what's the right thing for people to hear in the world. I, sh- I I shouldn't be in charge of what people what is the appropriate speech and what's not because I'm not the all-seeing all-knowing being. But these people are apparently right. pretty comfortable with that. Yes, they are, which is kind of interesting. I mean, uh, granted I was a weird little kid, but uh the idea of Jeffersonian free speech was something I think every little kid grew up with, right? But we were not conditioned for years in the education system to despise our country and its freedoms, like so many young people are today. I mean, it's become so big and ugly and obvious that, that now people are talking obviously, or I'm sorry, talking openly and commonly about the, the, the awfulness in our education system. But that's been going on for quite some time before everybody caught on. So I just think we're seeing the products of that. One of the products of that is people who think, oh, no, no, censorship is good if I do it, which is sickening. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, They fully believe it's transphobic to not want biological males to compete in women's sports or to question if kids should start transitioning. Okay. They're sincere in that extremist belief. I've been hanging on to this email. Now's the perfect time to throw it in. Got to keep this very, very vague. Soccer program. Uh, good players, serious players of uh, seventh, eighth grade level. So you got uh, young, uh, barely teenage boys, barely uh, prepubescent in most cases. Okay, they're still boys. Um, maybe they're starting to stink a little bit, and their mom's telling them you got to use deodorant if you're going to be in my minivan. Uh, so they have friendlies with other soccer programs. It's games out of league, but to practice, including against a Division One women's soccer program. Division One, They tied. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Seventh and eighth grade boys, because of their speed, violence, uh, which is a funny word to use in soccer, but if you've ever coached or played soccer, you know what I'm talking about. They will throw themselves at the ball. Um, they are the equal to Division One college women. Well, elite eighth grade athletes, because I remember from playing eighth grade football, the best players were full-grown men, so you'd have a, you'd have a bunch of full-grown men there, yeah, and they would be, yeah, they'd be everything that a man is with their speed and strength and bone structure. It doesn't surprise me. Well, no, that's you're you're saying the opposite. I think of my point, and uh, I mean they're they're thirteen, twelve, and thirteen year olds. They're under fourteen. 
Um, and they are boys. I mean, they're not full-grown men, and they're tying a Division One college program because of the differences in speed and strength between males and females. And that was the point that the so, this insider was making. I'm surprised that even happened. How did that, I wonder how that match even came together? I would have thought that there had been a lot of forces that wouldn't have wanted that to happen. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of an uncomfortable thing from the perspective of the women's team. On the other hand, if they're looking for a good equal foe, mm. they have it in 12- and 13-year-old boys, mm. which is something. And and listen, I think women's sports is wonderful. Uh, there are all sorts of studies that show it. I've raised two girls. I think it's just terrific. Uh, but the idea that biological males can participate and compete against women is idiotic. Anyway, back to the meltdown inside of Twitter. They actually believe that Elon Musk is a racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic bigot. They think everyone who's been banned from Twitter is a horrible human who needs to be silenced. They don't see this as censorship. They're worried that their identities will be leaked and the mob might come after them. Which is interesting, since they're the mob, mostly. Uh, They're afraid they'll lose their jobs for their skin color, their sexual orientation, and political beliefs at Twitter? But that's the whole, to be a victim is the only safe identity. Otherwise, you're the oppressor, right? And the worst thing in the world to be is the oppressor. So you've got to be a victim. So they're at the most woke corporation, perhaps, on Earth. But they're constantly telling each other, I'm just so scared as a gay, Hispanic, pansexual that I'm going to be fired because of my identity. Wow. Wow, is that crazy. And finally, they hate Tesla because of Elon and will never buy one of their cars. Well, I, I think I think that is a serious, unforeseen consequence for Elon. Or maybe he's thought it through. 